Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Souls. So this week, I'm going to take you on a garden tour with me, not because I expect you to share my interest in plants, but because of what we're going to learn together about the human spirit. So this past weekend, there was this Prince Edward County garden tour that was happening. It's a local gardening group that puts on the show every year. It's garden enthusiasts who open up their homes and their country properties to show us their gardens. And I thought that would be really cool. So there were me and four of my friends, and we went on an adventure where we saw as many of the gardens as we could in the amount of time we had. And I think when we headed out on this tour, all of us have gardens at our properties. And I think the idea is we wanted to discover some new gardening ideas, best practices, new plants. And what I found was at least I came away from this with something completely different. And it was an appreciation for the amazing diversity of human expression and a little bit more than that, human interest and process and judgment and what each person thought was good or not good, what was okay and what wasn't okay. So I'm just picked a few gardens to highlight because they each taught me something different. So generally on the garden tour, each gardener had a completely different way of envisioning their gardens, a completely different thing that resonated with them, that excited them, that gave them joy, different priorities about what was important to them and what wasn't, what was beautiful to them and what wasn't. So let's arrive at our first garden. We walked into the garden. It was very abundant. It was very natural. There were roosters that had been uh, locked up so they wouldn't pounce on us. They were crowing in the shed and lots of animals around. Uh, it was really very messy. There were lots of weeds, but in between the weeds, there was this abundance of extraordinary plants. And this gardener was very much into an exploration of local plants, discovering local plants, particularly ones that you could eat. She was very focused on nourishment, about extracting good things from the plants, discovering beautiful plants that could feed us, that we could use in our cooking. And she was also very focused on things that grew naturally and abundantly. And there was this kind of beautiful chaos about her property. I think at first, honestly, I was feeling a little bit judgmental, thinking about, oh, there's a lot of weeds here. I'm always fighting with the weeds at my place. But then I fell into 
her exhilaration and her discovery and her lack of judgment, her lack of caring about the mess, her her embracing of this natural chaos. And there was so much beauty in her garden. There were so many plants I discovered in that messy, abundant garden that I quite like, and I would like to grow here. So that was very interesting. Another garden I want to talk about is what I'll call the Rose Garden. It was a fairly small garden in a city, city, a town lot. The town has 4,000 people, but there's some big old houses. And she had a beautiful garden around her property, and it was all roses. And her entire focus was smell on drinking up the fragrance. I didn't realize that roses could have so many different smells. Some could be quite kind of sharp and perfumey and other ones had a smell of the earth and a gentleness about them. So if I were to name the gardens, the first one, I would call it natural chaos. And the second garden, I would call it stop and smell the roses. It was uh, really all about smell, and that's she had little signs up to point us to different roses that smelled differently, and then she kind of cheerled us through the garden to make sure we got the full experience. The third garden I want to talk about is a guy I'll call the artist. It, it was actually a guy and his wife, and it turned out that this guy really didn't care much about plants at all. The very best part of his garden used to be a front lawn and he'd ripped out all the plants and he had collected natural stones and he had placed them into this beautiful spiral pattern that was really quite lovely. Like if you just stop to appreciate that without expecting to see a bunch of plants, it was quite wonderful. And uh, another one of the best things about his place was he designed this beautiful metal screen door and got a metal plant to imprint this beautiful flower design on it. And, and it was just very, very creative. And then, of course, he couldn't help but invite us inside his house that was painted in bright primary colors. But the whole purpose of it was to display his paintings and his wife's glasswork. And I would say this guy's garden if we can call it that, is really all about a celebration of art and the internal landscape and about self-reflection. Another garden I want to talk about is, I'll call it the devotional garden. This guy, I'd call him the Jesus guy. His garden was all about his religious devotion to Jesus and his broader connection with something bigger. So he had an area that he'd Framed up, it was filled with plants and religious stained glass. He called it the chapel. And he also had some beautiful plants. And I couldn't help but uh, be interested or attracted even to his spirit of wanting to share something deeply important to him that might not resonate with others of us, but uh, I really appreciated his wanting to share something so important to him. 
the fifth garden I want to talk about was a really beautiful garden that was filled with areas, fairly large areas of single plants. And in each area, every single plant was extraordinary and beautiful. So I think his his focus was on perfect order, harmony, and exquisite plants. He His focus was finding an extraordinary plant that was unusual or different, but sculptural or very pretty or very unique, and then planting them in a abundant groups of eight or 10 or 24, maybe even 50 plants. And I would refer to his garden as the garden of abundant harmony. And then the sixth garden I want to tell you about is I would refer to it as the perfectionist. It was a couple who had created the most extraordinary garden we saw. It looked like it had been there for dozens of years, but this couple had found this beautiful property by a gorgeous ravine, and they had planted this massive, perfectly manicured, perfectly planted garden in just three years. And I guess they'd worked on it pretty much full-time and the couple had two very interesting members. One was the architect. She was very much into perfection. The way the walks were laid, the positioning of the plants, for example, they had an extraordinarily uh, beautiful tree in the middle of a big circle, and she positioned it so that it would be exactly in the middle of the main picture window inside the house. And she gave that kind of thought and attention and careful planning to every planting. I walked through the garden with her husband, who I will name the plant nourisher. He His pleasure was in keeping any hedges that had existed there already in their existing spot. He didn't want to move anything that was happy where it was, and for all the new plantings, taking huge care, finding the exact right organic material and nur nurturing the plants. And his biggest pleasure was the tripling in size of some of the trees that they had planted only three years ago. Um, so this garden was really all about not just perfection, but a perfect beauty. So not every garden that we saw was magazine worthy. Not every garden had something I wanted to replicate, but every garden was worth the visit. Each one allowed us to experience the individual expression of that particular gardener to see, oh, it, it's okay for it to be chaotic and messy and be all about what the plants can give us and what they can give us naturally and abundance that is around us naturally. So in each case, whether I actually liked the garden or not, for a moment, I could see the gardener, the garden from the gardener's eyes. I could see what mattered to him or her. I could connect with that spark of creativity, that place where that fellow human experienced joy and comfort 
and connection. And because of their generosity, I could be part of that for a moment. I could connect with that person in a very different way than if I met them at a cocktail party. This got me thinking about my own garden. I had a vision for my garden when I moved here, um, but I had some unrealistic ideas. I had a overgrown garden around my house that had been filled with beautiful flowers at one time, but was completely overgrown with four foot tall grass. And then the rest was meadows. And I thought I would be able to handle it myself. Long story short, I couldn't. I came across a beautiful person, Linda, who became my gardener and friend. And what I admired about Linda is we shared a love of discovery and a love of rocks and a creative spirit. She is also a fabulous artist. And over the four years, Linda has been here together. We have been focused in our garden here on allowing the flowers that had already been planted here to pop up and bloom again, no longer shaded to get rid to getting rid of a, a toxic species that crowd out the beauty and the creative and resourceful use of materials, interesting rocks. We've been on a process of creative discovery, discovering plants, seeing what emerges naturally and celebrating the floral beauty and adding to it. And when trees fall down and the windstorms that happen, planting new trees. And I'm very focused on not just loving and admiring the creative spirit of the plants that grow up naturally around me and adding to them, but leaving something here for future generations, being a steward of the land and creating a future beauty. So I really loved this tour and how it had me reflect about my own garden because of the reminder of the uniqueness of our human expression, Savvy Souls. One of my missions in life really is to help people see that we are all creative creatures. We all have a creative expression and it bubbles up in different ways. For the gardeners here, they could connect with that and share it through their gardens. For me, it's through sharing my garden, but more so through my paintings and my art and my coaching. Uh, I ran into four, two former colleagues. We had lunch together in Toronto last week. And for them, their creative expression comes through tax work that they do, reading things creatively and uh, just they just find so much enjoyment in solving the puzzles in creative and new ways. What really struck me in talking to them about it, because it's a world I left and did not enjoy, how much they enjoy it and how much their creative spirits are enlivened in the work they do. Uh, my mission is to help everybody understand and know that there's something deeply creative inside each one of us and whatever form we express it in is beautiful because 
when other people stop and feel our creativity, they can stop and connect with us at a different level, just as I could connect with the people who shared their gardens with me. I could connect with them at a different level. I think at the end, all of us need to embrace our creativity because it is something that is led from a joyful state, from the part of us that connects with other beings, with other humans. And it's a deep part of us that is worth exploring. So I hope this episode, Savvy Souls, will give you a nudge, give you a little nudge to think about what yearnings you have inside of you for self-expression or creativity in some way. And I hope that you will create some time for that carve out swaths of time where you can nourish that creative spark within you and see what happens when you let it grow. See what happens when you allow your own human expression to be out in the world. Love you guys. And I'll see you next week. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want. <laughs>